listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph, a fan podcast about the CW show iZombie. My name is Robin, and I'm barely employed arm candy. I'm Stephanie, and I requested Frogman to see if it leads to anything. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, welcome back to the show, Malika. Hi, I'm Malika, and I don't have a cute thing that I am. Because <laughs> you stole mine, Robin. <laughs> oh, I did? <laughs> yes, you did. You're the girl from the morgue who somehow makes goth work. Yes, See, that's I almost... me. That's my Indian name. And I happen to be Indian. <laughs> huh, it works. Native of... Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> the real Indian, thank you very much. Yeah, exactly. Real Indian. The Indian with the dot, not the Indian with the feather. Yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> Anyway, and uh, slightly de- related to uh, Dr. Ravi, as we've spoken about before. So yes, we're one letter apart. Thank you one very letter much. Yeah. What did you guys think of the show this week? It was so enjoyable. Yay! I really enjoyed this one. Mm. It was good. There was a lot of, of course, it was just packed full of stuff. It wasn't as funny. It uh-huh. wasn't as punched up as last week's, but it was enjoyable. All right. Okay. And uh, I I loved it as always. And again, it's probably better than the last one I saw. Or I'm just it, it's fresh in my head, and I, I'm I, you know uh, I've watched it two or three times. So I, I I'm super excited to talk about it today. Uh, but first, let's get into the news. Um, <laughs> if you have any friends that haven't watched iZombie, folks, uh, if you still need to catch up on DC shows like Arrow or The Flash or I zombie. Uh, DC Entertainment and Time Warner are actually considering yanking their shows um, from uh, such places as Netflix and releasing them after several years rather than just one. What? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, this is something they're considering. They said that Netflix is getting a bit too much power. And uh, yeah, but I got to say, <laughs> you know iZombie probably picked up a, a lot of viewers just by the fact that uh, the first season came out on Netflix like the week before, you know. So I just think it's a so it's a, a t- power play and not a money thing. I I don't know. I don't know. You know, they might be. They, they I think they're just thinking that you know Netflix is they're, they're you know these these entertainment companies probably are not happy about the fact that they have to think about another entertainment company when uh, releasing their products. So. Yeah, that's terrible because this show needs all the help it can. Unfortunately, tons of yeah. people should be watching it, but it needs more promotion. So, is yeah. it because Netflix has like Daredevil has those Marvel properties and Jessica Jones? No, I don't think it has anything to do with Marvel. It's the fact that they they're you know they they think that again Netflix has just got too much power. They want they want to. You know, possibly release it in other ways. I don't know what they're planning. This is just something I came across and saw that they were considering. So I That's thought I should. Weird, because I mean, it just seems like this landscape is changing so quickly mm-hmm. that you can't say what you're going to do in years from now. You know? Yeah. That's, yeah. I just can't. I can't. I can't wrap my head around it. I, you know, and it's like I get annoyed when things aren't on Netflix already. <laughs> But then mm-hmm. again, I think from yeah, from, yeah. why is from, it from everything side, on Netflix? Yeah, everything no. should be on Netflix. <laughs> I think <laughs> of it from the other side. It's like you know, why don't they? Uh, you know, it's too bad that people 
you know, they can't rely on people buying their DVDs anymore, their Blu-rays, you know. (laughs) The market is kind of dissolved, but anyway. We're here to talk about iZombie. I I just wanted to throw that out there because, you know, I love just giving bad news at the top of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Speaking of bad news, the ratings uh, (laughs) were actually not bad. There was a 0.6 with uh, 1.4 million viewers, uh, about the same as last week for ratings, but just down slightly in viewership. Okay, isn't The Flash, like, doing incredibly well with ratings? Mm-hmm. As always, as it okay. was in the first season, okay. it's just that people don't stick around for iZombie. I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> but I might be slightly. I don't either. <laughs> slightly, but I not by not by much. <laughs> it's a great show. Yeah. Um, and I also wanted to mention. I don't know if how to easily mention this without sounding too up my own butt, but uh, we just got ourselves featured on Geek and Sundry. And, yay! Uh, yay! Sundry dot com is a pop culture website uh, that is run by Felicia Day and Will Wheaton, I believe. And uh, they, um, one of the writers there, put us as one of their eleven fantastic TV show companion podcasts. So thank you to Geek and Sundry. Yeah, I've well, never been written about before. We're on, we're, yeah, we're on the radar. Yes. Yay! <laughs> Thanks, Malika. Um, so let's get into our episode discussion. We'll talk about, uh, the episode Max Wager. See what they did there? (laughs) I know, but it's like, it's a very misleading title. (laughs) It is. You know, it doesn't have anything to do with, like nothing to do with Max Wager. Not even one side plot. This is very true. I was trying to figure it out and the, I mean, obviously Wager. Yeah. 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 But not Rager. No. (laughs) Um, and this one was written by Graham Norris. It was his first solo episode. Uh, he's written with a writing partner before. He wrote uh, The Exterminator with Lee Arcuri and Mr. Berserk with uh, Deirdre Mangan. So this is uh, the first time he's had one on his own. And I think he knocked it out of the park. Um, Not bad. Yeah. And uh, directed by John Kretschmer. So I've got... I basically divided the show into three very big topics um, because they, they, there's a lot of like, uh, you know, crossover between different characters in this episode. So I, I did the best I could to just kind of stick to one plot at a time. And it, I just came up with three. <laughs> so um, let's first talk about, uh, let's talk about sex zombie. Um, Live in major. Oh, let's don't. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! You know, I you know I read it. I've, I've been reading reviews and stuff, and there were a lot of there, there's a lot of people who are like, "Ugh, live in major," and I just don't feel like that. But please bring that up. Okay, let's, let's hear about this. The uh, the 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 strip poker Skype sexting scenes. I can't. Well, I couldn't watch. Why? Because so, we do that while we're podcasting. No, <laughs> By the way, know. your move. It's so I don't know. It was just so cringeworthy. I couldn't watch it. <laughs> really? I'm so embarrassed. Yes. Uh, were you just you know kind of intimidated by like live and major like topless staring at you from your TV screen? I guess as so. if it was a giant Skype call. Yes. <laughs> that, uh, that was it. I don't know. 
I just, I'm just not crazy about them together. I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, the anticipation, you want them to get together because it's so sad and they get together and I don't, it's not doing anything for me. But I think I think the, the the still the tragic nature of this romance is still there because they can't really be together. Yeah, they can't be together. They're so close but so far away. Mm. And you just I, you just get the feeling that something's the other shoe's gonna drop and they. Well, there's a big shoe waiting to drop. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna they're... say the other sock is gonna drop, but <laughs> 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 I'm wearing double socks just like. <laughs> Malika, what do you think about uh, Live and Major? So I'm not – okay, I don't usually like when shows push two characters together. I usually go like – I mean, so I'm like – I would like to see her with Blaine or like just another person other than Major. I just – and that, that – and I admit um, that watching that Skype session from Liv's standpoint was really awkward – I mean, I, I don't know, like, like she was very, it was just a very awkward scene, especially because they put it where they did in the episode, because um, it was cross cut with another scene with um, Babino. <laughs> yeah. And um, so it was very bizarre. Um, but I mean, Major took a shirt off. So then I forgot everything. Yeah. Major taking a shirt off made it worth it. And then he got up and we didn't get to see the G string. So that kind of cleared up, you know, like I don't remember the rest of it. So you uh, just went blind. Yes, I went blind. I, I just, and that's why I couldn't watch it again because I went blind. <laughs> yeah, I was watching it again over lunch today and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. There's a, there's kind of a naughty scene in the middle of this, you know. I'm sitting there eating a TV dinner. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it, I I don't know. I can't help but root for these kids, you know? It's just, you know, they started out together, and this tragedy pulled them apart. And, and, it might be that it's just too much of an intimate situation that I just mm. don't want to watch. Well, what about, uh, were, you, were you uncomfortable with all the uh, Liv and Lowell, you know, kind of sexy times? I don't guess so, but I, I think hmm. that it's the... Um, they're having to, I think, I don't know. I just think it's more intimate that they're talking so much during mm-hmm. it that it, that, uh, I just feel like I shouldn't be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was very sweet. And it was also like, you know, cause they were recounting their, for their last time that they had sex and, yeah. you know, it was just, I don't know. I, and because she's a zombie, it's, it's just so weird. And I don't know, but, um, I didn't have any problem with Lowell and, um, Liv and I kind of, Here's the bad thing. I kind of like Major and um, Babino's new partner. <laughs> the yes. one who's going to be hunting him down. Because they oh. have a little bit of witty repartee. And they, they... I'm Major. Yeah, yeah. Are. yeah, yeah. And then did you see the look that Babino and Liv gave each other when they, after they said that? So I kind of yeah. was like, hmm. But I don't know. <laughs> I agree with you, Steph, that I, I do think that it was pretty intimate between the two of them. Maybe that was why I didn't enjoy it as much. I don't know. Yeah. It seems slow. Um... Well, I thought, okay, so at the beginning of this episode, I was thinking that they had already been intimate, which I was just like, why does Liv like have her pants off and walking around in his t- in, in his shirt if they're so hot for each other and they didn't do it? Like, I, I, I was, uh, I was a bit confused by that. But so, Robin, uh, I don't know how to tell you this, but there are other things you can do than have sex with your clothes off, just or limited clothes, I should say. Huh, never heard of anything. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> so there's a reason why she could be wearing his shirt and socks and not uh, have had sex, you know? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Uh, 
So, uh, yeah, I don't know how much more I want to talk about this stuff with you guys, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just picturing Major in my head looking at me and saying, suffer, bitch. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that was great. But, uh, yeah, I love the Major all cheerful. You know, that's the whole thing. Like, this is, well, yeah, you're right. I haven't. Never mind. My whole point is... Shaken, taken. Yeah. That was so cute. The apple bouncing it off his bicep. Yeah, he's super happy. So I think you're right. Um, Without actually talking about it. uh, Yeah. (laughs) But we assume assume that the old major is back. He's back to his old self because everything's okay with him and Liv. Mm -hmm. But then at the end, we find out that that's not... Mm. Let's, the whole let's, story. Let's yeah. Let's let's save that. But yeah, okay. it's almost as if the it's almost as if the episode like fools us, and they're like, oh, "Old Major's back." You know, he's fun loving. You know, mm-hmm. and, and there is this. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say I do appreciate that though because you know, like uh, lives love cures all is doesn't really work for me. So I like that he still has you know. Oh right. Issues that he has to overcome, and it's not all cured because he's in but well. He's literally in bed with um, a girl, even though not figuratively. <laughs> Sleeping with the enemy. <laughs> or what Max, the enemy's uh, ra- rager thinks race. The enemy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the whole um, – I felt it was kind of weird how they were treating this uh, – treating zombie like AIDS. But it's like I don't know what else you could compare it to, especially when sex is involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah – they literally said AIDS in it, you know, or, yeah. you know, they brought that up. It's worse yeah. than, you know, because people can have sex who have AIDS, but they can't with this mm-hmm. or have HIV, I should say, not AIDS. Well, both. Like Either. they really, uh, they really <laughs> hammered it home by saying like, listen, this is a hundredth the size of a regular virus. This zombie will just creep right through the condoms like any condom there is. It'll just creep right through it and turn you into a zombie. <laughs> But yet they can kiss and make out. It just, I don't know. It's weird. Uh, so does this mean that it's an STD? And so it's only communicable by what? Well, it's communicable by scratching. That's for sure. Yeah. So is it blood? And that's the reason? So as long, I don't know. But there's saliva. I don't know. You know what? Here's what I think. I think that um, Major is going to be immune. Yeah. Because Liv doesn't set off his zombie detector. So if she set off blinds, yes. Yeah. Um let's see, what else did I have in this whole section here? Um let's talk about uh alongside Bob Shanghai's food truck, we finally get our uh, date with uh Clive and Del Basio. And I wrote here, I was like, Oh, I'm I'm assuming Clive bought because and even cowgirls um he says he starts talking about Bob Shanghai's food truck, and then saying, and then he gets distracted by like they brought the gun in or whatever, and he's like, "I'm gonna have to give you a rain check," and she's like, "Oh, then you're buying," but then it turns out we find out at the end of the date that she was buying because uh, she was expecting a little action after, or she was just joking about that. But <laughs> I like these two kids. Yeah, I like the whole um, the last episode uh, cracking him up while he's in with his boss. <laughs> They're cute. I like her. Yeah. I totally pulled the canoe uh, as I was walking by somebody's cubicle <laughs> the other day. <laughs> I was just like, yes. I got, I got a good laugh, too. 
Yeah, I think um, they have a lot in common. I think that they would be a cute pair. But what if they got together? Would you guys like not <laughs> like that at all? Uh, who knows? <laughs> oh, <laughs> boring. Know. Next. Depends on, it depends on how they spin it. That's in most things. <laughs> I love how awkward Clive gets around talk of sex and, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, you know, with, with Ravi and then also how uncomfortable uh, Basio makes him um, with that too. Too cute. Which is why they're fun together. Yeah. So Clive talks about how uh, the big question last week was like, what is he going to do with these, these brains? You know, well, he just put them in his freezer. He didn't <laughs> he know what to do with them. Yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but he knows, at least he knows it's brains. That was one thing I was like, oh, they're going to drag this out and make him like have to investigate it or whatever. But it does sound like uh, Basia is going to um, test them at her FBI lab, send it off to uh, Fitz and Simmons and have them uh, figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Major assumes that the FBI, or he's, you know, he's taken aback that the FBI is there and he assumes that mm. it's. About the meat cute? About the meat cute, yeah. But no, it's about the uh, disappearing rich zombie guys. Yeah, the mis- missing rich people. Oh no, tragedy. Even more, even more uncomfortable. <laughs> so, did you, from his partner, did you guys get any sense that she's a bad guy in disguise? Um, she, do you, if you if you watch Jane the Virgin, there's, I mean, or an antagonist, I shouldn't say a bad guy. Um, there's this um, character who she reminds me a lot of for some reason, and probably only because she's a you know recently introduced partner of one of the main characters, and um, she turns out to be an antagonist. Or you know, it's so for some reason I look at this woman suspiciously, even though I like her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that outside. Fa- I mean, it's, it's kind of like the Lowell thing last last season. It's like, oh, he's so great, he's too good to be true. He's going to have to be. He's going to be evil. Well, and even though she is a. Uh, we like her. She's a likable person. She's investigating our characters. Right. <laughs> you know, it could mean something terrible for for the characters we like. Now we know for a fact that she's not a zombie because I would trust the show to show that uh, she would set Major's zombie detector off. So mm-hmm. she's not a zombie, but. <laughs> but now, what I have thought of, and this is totally off, off track here, mm-hmm. but as much as we liked Steph. What if she is like a like a Gilda? Hmm. What if what if Steph works for Stacy Boss? Well, I mean, <clears throat> they did. Uh, he, he did meet Steph at the club. There, that might have been like a utopian connection of some sort. Right. They, they were doing drugs together. Maybe I don't know. I don't think he did any drugs after that one night. But he did keep going back to the club. Mm-hmm. And, oh wait, did he say he met her that night? I think he did. Yeah, he met her that night, and then they started seeing a lot of each other. Yeah. <laughs> you seem to know that Steph mythology really well. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's yeah. go back to the story. <laughs> back to uh, back on track. Um, mm. Well, um, I yeah, I definitely like the the whole tension of uh, the four of them all being in one area and. You know, Clive is still checking Major out, and Major's got this, like, he's like, yeah, I'm with her now. And he kind of sidles himself up to live and kind of yeah, glares at Clive. What was up with that? That was a a, a male tes- testosterone thing to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, that why was did definitely he testosterone-y. Feel, yeah, why did <laughs> he feel the need to, like, assert that, yeah, we're, 
we're together. Mm. I think it's just, I don't know. I think he might have, uh, you know, Clive might, he might think that Clive wants him out of the picture. Not like to be with Liv, but that he thinks that Major's a bad guy. And he's like thinking, well, Liv trusts me, you know, you should uh-huh. trust me too. But Okay. But also kind of, you know, male it- growling at each other kind of thing. <laughs> Alpha male type thing. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. Um. I did like the titles uh, I have in this uh, whole chapter. The I'm gonna let you finish. <laughs> Magnum PI is great because Ravi is investigating the condoms and uh, makes a makes a fine balloon animal. <laughs> animal. Um, Clown college. <laughs> I noticed also that uh, when Liv is in bed talking to Major, that it says 9.36 on her clock, and it was uh, five minutes earlier than what it actually was on TV. So I wonder if they were trying to make it kind of sync up just for just for funsies. Huh. You pay too close attention to the background stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, the, they're... They're talking about their laundry room makeup sex and everything, and uh, and they're like, we only have to wait a couple more days, and then thunder. <laughs> Did you guys notice the thunder? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ominous. <laughs> Very <laughs> ominous. Um, but uh, that's it for oh the I love the Robbie bursting in on the two of them. It's like this is why we have doors. We knock. We knock in this house. We knock in this house. Yeah, we use we use knocking in this house. But yeah, Robbie saved Major's life. I guess you could say. <laughs> but he makes a he makes a promise to them that he's going to he's going to cure this. And uh, yeah, so they're going to have to settle for foot rubs, guys. Foot rubs is that what they were doing. <laughs> Giving or receiving. Giving or receiving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's move on to the big case and all the things that uh, come out of this case as well, because the case itself is kind of simple. It's a lot simpler than last week. We have our we have our uh, gambler from last week. Harry gets executed, and who is it that executes him? Well, it's definitely professionals on the back of a motorcycle. Clive does a uh, super awesome cartwheel. Oh, that was so weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to Rose's Twitter, uh, Malcolm busted his eyebrow open doing that stunt. <laughs> so, so that really was him. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice that um, that uh, they are able to recap Love and Basketball for us in the interrogation room, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> this is in case you didn't catch it. It's like, well, here's what happened last week <laughs> with the case and how it relates to this week. But, uh, yeah, we have our old friend Roger Thrunk back. Thrunk. We got arrested off camera last week. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah, Clive um, doesn't want to be treated like a hero, but Ravi thinks because he didn't shit his pants. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just yeah, smile yourself. <laughs> um, uh, Thrunk, Thrunk was recorded uh, saying, give, give Marie and Walt my Seahawks tickets. I won't be out in time. One more thing. Take care of Mr. Sheldon. Use the usual guy. So uh, who's Mr. Sheldon? Did you guys think that it was what they suspected it would be? Or did you think that it was just a... 
a uh, like a ruse. Like I mean, not a ruse, but like it was just a misdirection, a red herring, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote. I actually, since I, I did speak that entire voicemail message out because I wrote it down word for word, thinking there's something in here. There's a clue. I, I thought it had to do with the Seahawks tickets. Yeah. I was like, it's not what the part they're going to be looking at. It's going to be the other part. But yeah. Yeah, I thought there was some sort of clue hidden in there, but it's just, you know, Mr. Sheldon the Turtle. This is not Encyclopedia Brown, Robin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we got to bust Bugs Meanie eventually, so. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Bugs Meanie. Um, Encyclopedia uh, Brown, bad guy. Bad guy. Yeah. Sorry, nerd stuff from long, long, long ago. Yeah. <laughs> I always liked that he he set an alarm up uh, in his bedroom where it would just tug his toe when he needed to wake up. Yeah, that's that's a deep cut. <laughs> that's a deep cut. Thanks. Stuff is like, come on, let's get back to work. I don't. I wish I knew what you're talking about. <laughs> They're books. Yeah, people read them or used to. Kids. Yeah, mostly. You know, I live in Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, how do you feel about clams, Steph? Clams. Clams. Is that clam? I thought it was. It's not oysters. No, those were clams. Did you know See, the name of the dish? I don't even know. Uh. Uh-uh. Clams Casino. <laughs> ah, Isn't that great? Ah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that either. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. I, yeah. I picked that up from Twitter. <laughs> um. I love the fact we had like everybody live tweeting that night. It was great. Um, and I believe you heard them at the beginning of this, uh, this podcast. If <laughs> I didn't mention that at the top, but, uh, a bunch of, uh, people screaming the theme song was, uh, our, our, our main cast of iZombie and, uh, producer Dan Etheridge. So hope you like that. Anyway. Um, so, so, uh, yeah, the Liv has got her gambling brain. And she's up making bets on the waste paper, the waste basket that that's our uh, Clive trying to shoot his napkin into the trash can. Yeah, mm. and I love the uh, what Wilkins takes from the pastry box as a game too. It's <laughs> it's that much. Yeah, that's just really sad that somebody ha- they have to make everything a bet. It just yeah. it controls their whole life. Um. And, uh, yeah, it kind of ties in with, uh, we have the, the, the enforcer from last week, Telly, demanding Harry to pay up to the barber in, in her vision. And, uh, turns out the barber is a barber. <laughs> and it this is, is special guest star Stephen Williams, who I was so happy to see. Um, the man was in, uh, 21 Jump Street. And uh, the X Files, of course. And uh, so, is he Canadian? Does he live in Vancouver? I would assume that he's at least living in Vancouver because he's also in the Leftovers this season. And I'm wondering where that shoots now. I'm sure that doesn't shoot in Vancouver. You no, know, that shoots right outside of Austin. So, oh. really close to me. Yeah, actually, we met some people from the rap crew um, once it wrapped shooting. So, um, oh wow. Love that show. Oh my god, it's my favorite show right now. <laughs> Except for iZombie. <laughs> of course, yeah, as I was say. So, uh, the barber is uh, shaving a guy. Did you guys know who he was shaving at the beginning before? Uh, were you guys catching on? Did you guys catch on to who that was in the chair? No. I think towards the end, I was realizing that that was not just a. <laughs> 
just normal person being shaved. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. At the end, I was realizing that it was a major character and not just a. Mm-hmm. I definitely was spoiled on it because of the whole, you know, reading press releases. This is a new character, Stacy Boss, um, and he's played by Eddie Jem- Jemison who's from the Oceans movies. And as soon as I saw his face and actually even heard his voice, I was like, yep, <laughs> that's really cool. They're sticking like one of the big bads, like just sitting there getting shaved during this random scene, you know? Yeah, because the barber isn't really the important person. And I guess that's in underground, uh, you know, criminal activity. I guess that's how it is. You want, you don't want the spotlight on you. Uh, yeah, it's a front. It's a front. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, Barber's got his own operation, gambling and stuff, and I'm sure he, he pays off uh, Mr. Stacy Boss. The business, by the way, is called Maine Barbers, which is great. It's cute. It, this reminded me, this whole thing. Have you guys seen Coming to America? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, ago. yeah. It was, it, it's, it, it reminded me of Coming to America, and it also reminded me of Rushmore for some reason. And Barbershop, of course, the movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, it was good. Yeah, and it was cool. We had like the bookie in the chair. We had the lawyer who was constantly correcting the barber and what he was saying, mm-hmm. trying to make him incriminate himself. Yeah, and, and the uh, actor that plays Stacy Boss is an an unassuming. It's like he's playing against type. Mm-hmm. He, uh, I figure, I don't know him from anything, but I'm sure he plays, you know, like a ratty, a rat kind of. Just a kind of a pitiful character. That's what I would assume. Yeah, very unassuming. You know, not somebody you would expect a big threat from. For he sure, little, yeah. he looks a little Weasley, but like Weasley. in a very yeah, but in a very like uh, meek way. Yeah, like somebody's assistant. Yeah, and so playing it like in the scene with Peyton at the at her office. He was, and and especially after he gives, you know, his example of the perfect murder. Okay. Mm. (laughs) See, that's, that's so ominous. He gives that example and we have, then we cut to Peyton and then we have many people that Peyton loves. Robin, I hate you. I hate you forever. (laughs) There was a, there was a, a sort of a, uh, oh man, freaking Robin thread was going on. <laughs> I think it was the iZombie Obsessed Facebook group was uh, the fact that I've been like predicting Peyton's demise, not rooting for it, just <laughs> predicting it. And uh, yeah, I was scared too. I, <laughs> I was, it's a uh, law of attraction. You stop putting that out there. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Yeah, the Stacy Boss seems to know a lot about uh, this crime, and so does the barber. I love how the barber is like, maybe it's this guy, maybe it's that guy, and so is so is Stacy Boss. It's like, how do these guys know about this case so much? You know, it's because uh, they uh, they're involved in the criminal empire of of, of the bosses. Um, and I love that they called out. Uh, we had a call out on uh, Saratoga, which is just an hour away from me. Um, so Saratoga racetracks. Oh, well, uh, somebody was uh, betting on Bama. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, what's what was the deal with that lucky $1 Susan B. Anthony coin? Well, so you know. seventy-nine coin. Because gamblers, I mean, okay, I'm going to talk about my husband. <laughs> okay. My okay. husband loves to gamble. 
But my also also my husband is is a Christian, mm-hmm. and he does. But he still, even though, and he doesn't gamble now. But he 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 it could have become a problem. <sighs> he still wants to say that, that something is lucky. They yeah. they put their they put a lot of emphasis on things being lucky. You know, if if they're standing a certain way and they win, then they got to stand <laughs> that way. You know, it's just little yeah. things that lucky they underwear. Yeah, that they put stock in that a reasonable, rational thinking person would think is just crazy. Mm-hmm. It was it was so specific, like mm-hmm. you know. I mean, there's I mean, yeah, they're superstitious, and I've heard that with gamblers. It was just mm-hmm. so specific about the Susan B. Anthony, and then keying in on it, and then her flipping it. That it just seemed like it might have been setting up for something more. But yeah, like it may come back as something it else. May come back though. It yeah. May have, yeah. You know. I'd like to say it was just like a strange thing, but I, I'm I'm thinking it might come back. And uh, Rose McIver actually tweeted um, about this scene, not about the coin, but about the scene. And she said, there's a secret about this scene that I will only answer if you see me in person and ask me about it. <laughs> so and we're going to go like, stalk her now, are we? <laughs> I'm just like, this is not fair. <laughs> yeah, that's not fair for those that live thousands of miles away from her. I'm just saying, folks, if you are listening and you're going to a con at all, just take a tip from us and just ask her about this scene. And please just – you don't have to say anything about us. You heard it from us. I don't care. Whatever. I just want to know the secret. (laughs) Yeah, Michaela. We can talk to Michaela. Michaela? Oh, yeah, yeah, because she lives in the Vancouver area. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, was she at Emerald City Con or something? Or maybe that already happened. Anyway, she she might be at some, a con or whatever. Just file this away in your memory banks. If I see Rose McIver, I will ask for the iZombie podcast with Robin and Steph. What's the deal with this scene? <laughs> so, so, I don't know. Like, what what is the secret? Uh, I guess I I don't know. I like I like like to know everything. Yeah, no, I it's it's now that you told me that, I'm kind of like I want to watch that scene over again and. Yeah. I mean, is she ever going to reveal it? Are we ever going to know? Like, that's infuriating. It's such a tease. Yeah, and why only in person? Yeah. Why I don't not know. On There's probably nothing. Why? She's probably just playing with us. Uh, yeah. That's I what got I'm this try scar, to and then she, like, lifts an elbow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what else? Um, da, 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 da. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about Calvin Owens, played by Rick, Rick Fox. Fox. Yeah. So uh, the only go ahead. I'm so sorry, Malika. You go ahead. It was nothing. <laughs> I was I'm just going to say that it was the the former uh, Mr. Dushku. Yes. Were they married? Actually, <laughs> no. I don't. They were at least in a relationship for for a, a few long years. time. Yeah. So I I had I never have never really watched um, pro basketball except for the time that you know Shaq. Um, uh, Kobe and um, Rick Fox were on the Lakers, like in that period. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so because I was living in LA and, you know, it was just a thing. And okay. so I only know him with facial hair. Like, you know, he's <laughs> got, he got scrubbed. So when I saw him, I was like, who is this guy? You know, it drove me crazy. And then I had to like eventually give in and like look it up. I'm like, oh my gosh. Because I, I, didn't he date like Halle Berry at one point? Like these are like long time ago things. I didn't know he was associated with Dushku until recently, until like today when you guys said it. <laughs> just a moment ago. <laughs> um, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I know he's one handsome familiar. gentleman yes. right there. Man, he is so handsome. Like he is, he's like so handsome. He's like a caricature of handsomeness. 
Um, you think so that's jawline? Like, that's he's ridiculously line? handsome. He's like too handsome. <laughs> he's like Aladdin handsome. Like he's got, but you know, with the jawline. The jawline is ridiculous. I understand what you mean, um, Steph. It's just, it's like cut out of something. And uh, that effect really has, uh, ha- well, that that has an effect on on our, our Clive in the scene where uh, I just love he just I love when he presents his badge and he puffs his chest out mm-hmm. and it's like a little kid and he flips his he flips his badge. Yeah. <laughs> Babo. <laughs> um, so that's cool, but uh, yeah, we find out that. Um, that he uh, he's actually responsible for the murder because, like his former teammates who got kicked out of basketball because he pulled the knife, went back to Serbia and is a part of some sort of criminal family. And he sent his two sons to kill Harry because Harry was blackmailing Calvin. I think I pulled it all together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah. I mean, I don't know what else to say about that. It, it, it was, it was. A, it, I liked how simple the case was this week. When we had all this other stuff, we really wanted to see a little bit more, especially after meeting Stacy Boss, and we'll be talking about it. But the stuff going on with Blaine, um, I like that this was kind of a, a simpler case. And uh, I also like that the the barber likes uh, strangers on a train, is just like I do. Um, <laughs> It's a good movie, folks. Go see it. I or have rent it or whatever. I'll add it to my list because I haven't seen it. Yeah, uh, Throw Mama from the Train is kind of a updated remake of it, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> watch it. Watch Watch Strangers on the Train. It's much better. Um, and we had uh, we had some creepy whistling with uh, Stacy Boss, and uh, yeah. So Peyton, um, Peyton finds uh, Stacy in her office. And, um, you know, she's acts all kind of tough with him and that he kind of knocks her down a bit because he tells her that this whole crime board is two years old. Whoever was, whoever helped her with that, it was, has been in for like a couple of years. And, uh, what if that witness disappears? And then, you know, obviously they brought in a 27 year old out of sabbatical because, you know, probably doesn't have much confidence in her. So, uh, and this is actually good to see. Go ahead, Malika, I'm so sorry. I was just going to mention about the um, the other four DA assistants who were no longer there. That yeah, there there's five. Five. Four of them are retired and rich, and the other one is missing. I think. So yeah, um, so it was a it was a pretty intense scene, and uh, man, I am I'm so excited for this new villain on the show. It's like. We've got we've got Stacy Boss, we've got Vaughn DeClark, we've got Blaine. I just I'm just loving it. Loving all these good villains on the show. So yeah. All right, ready to talk about Blaine? Yeah, I think we are. <laughs> we pushed it up long enough. Um, so there's a bit of an Angus beef here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it looks like Chief is not with us anymore. Oh no. He was really fun. Like- we loved we loved talking about Chief. He had his little phone where he was communicating, like like the like the guilty remnant that he was. Um, but uh, yeah, Chief's not with us anymore because uh, Angus has his henchmen uh, shoot him. 
So, okay, when we first met Angus, Blaine went over to his office and was pretending to be a zombie. You know, he had a makeup lady. Yeah. And they discussed the grandfather, that he stole the business from the grandfather, put him in a nursing home, and Blaine said he was going to do the same thing to him. Well, how come just suddenly Angus has leverage on Blaine? He comes over and he's, I'm going to scratch you if you don't go to Mount Rainier and kill the son of, which sounds very, when you say it, it sounds very (laughs) complicated. Uh, But he's going to kill the son of his rival to eat his brain so he can not only, you know, hurt, emotionally hurt his rival, but get insight into the business. Right. Because as he coolly puts on his fedora, he prefers immortality. So are you saying, like, are you wondering why Blaine is doing this? The, the, why did Blaine have the upper hand when he went to visit him? Because he thought he was a zombie still. Okay, so now that... And, you know, he, okay, had, so, he had Angus on the, you know, on he, he was providing Angus with the brains. Okay, know. so Angus had... Blaine. Probably got threatened by Chief before. <laughs> and yeah, Angus, Angus came in and did a big corporate takeover. Shoot the shoot the strong man. Threaten his son. You know he's got he's got the secrets of his son. He's somehow and you know it doesn't exactly explain why, but he's somehow figured out that his son is a human uh, because he well it's not somehow he, he sounds like he kidnapped the makeup artist Verna, tortured her possibly to death, and somehow you know. Found out well. Found out from her that he's human, and then also got the secret client list. So, like, just took away all the power that Blaine had over him. Okay, see, that's what I missed. How yeah. he took away Blaine's power. Yeah. So I what he also says that you know how he's threatening Blaine with zombieism. Mm-hmm. I don't. But doesn't so, he want to be a zombie? No. Okay, I for somehow I for somehow uh, I don't know how I missed that. I mean, I, I got think it, if I got you wanted to be a zombie, home. he would just had chief scratch him. You know, anybody. Yeah, I, I this think is true. He, he loves, he loves the food. food. Yeah. He loves. He, I, the, Angus was saying that he liked being a hedonist. He liked hedonism. He liked being a hedonist. He liked food. He liked sex. And I think Blaine was trying to talk himself into. He knew it was inevitable that his dad was scratch him again. Because yep. he was he was eating the food and drinking the wine, the good food. His last dinner, his yeah. last meal, and then he was talking to uh, Liv, trying to, um, you know, being a zombie's good. You're better off, aren't you? I'll be better off yep. being a zombie. Uh, human Blaine was lame. So See, I think that's what I. Got. I think that it's just what I thought. Like I thought he lost his mojo, like when he became human again. So mm-hmm. I think it was me kind of projecting and then when he voiced it later on i was like yeah why wouldn't he want to be a zombie because he had like so much power and like you know he was immortal and blah 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 and so Mm -hmm. um that makes a lot more sense now that is actually yeah yeah i i was thinking about that at first when this season started like blaine you know it's not like he got the cure willingly but what i didn't expect was that he was going to enjoy being a human so much that he didn't want to be a, a zombie again i would have thought that he'd you know, he was going to try this season to get turned back into a zombie, but it's really easy, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. to get turned yeah. into a zombie. So you can't have that. See, this um, is why I think that he might be. I don't know. I, I just have this feeling that he's going to try to be making a zombie, and then you're going to find out he he can't be made a zombie again because right. they're not. It's like a vaccination. Like right. I, I feel like that that might happen. Yep. And uh, you know, he starts 
I, I do love the scene between him and Liv and how he's trying to talk himself into um, being a zombie again. And it's all he misses the exceptional zombie blame, you know. And uh, Liv, you know, you must feel so important. And she reminds him that she does not like the visions at all and just seeing people's last moments of dying, which gives him an idea. <laughs> <laughs> A horrific idea, considering how much he loves his gramps. Um, so, and, so sad. And yeah, we get some Brahms. Um, gramps is, you know, he visits his gramps and it's a normal thing. And uh, they, you know, I didn't realize what was happening at first. You know, he's, he's telling his gramps, he's stealing my business like he stole yours. I was like, oh, is he going to turn like gramps into a zombie? And then make me think gramps is going to. Be like this all-powerful zombie to, to help him stop Angus or something. I was I had no idea what was what to expect, but uh, man, messed up. He smothers his Gramps because he's going to feed Angus his own father's brain just to, just to mess with him. It's just and, that's so wrong. Yeah, that's very so many levels. And and also like this, he's gonna, Angus is going to have a vision of Blaine murdering him. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Yeah. And it's all because Liv reminded him of how awful those visions are. (laughs) (sighs) Um, But it doesn't all come together in the end. And, you know, it's like you you feel like, oh, man, Blaine, you're super evil and cold and dark. And then, you know, he's harvesting his gramps' brain and, like, crying, you know, and playing Brahms. And uh, Don comes down and he's super... (laughs) So, like, what do you listen to? Turn his crap off. <laughs> and he finds out his plan's not going to work because somebody has kidnapped Angus. And this is uh, where <sighs> we all were like, I don't know, my, at least my jaw kind of dropped. <laughs> I, I probably picked it back up after he smothered his gramps, but uh, it, it, it quickly dropped again when uh, we see our, our buddy Major. Yeah, I was wondering how many... How many zombies did he kill and throw in the river versus how many mannequins he threw in the river? The guy with the dog, Miner, the guy who was taking care of his elderly parents, is he in the cooler or is he in the river? Both Tim Addis, who is the heir to the timber fortune, the father of the two kids, and Colin Andrews, who is the jogger and Miner's owner, were both in that freezer. Okay. So that's why Major is all happy-go-lucky again, because he found a way to eat Max Rager, He's, he, he, and he doesn't have to kill these people. It, yeah. So I didn't what? actually notice the whole mannequin thing, but you saw – did you see him actually have with a mannequin in the bag? Or did you pick it up from the storage locker having a bunch of mannequins? Yeah, the mannequins hanging in the, the storage I assumed is what he's putting in the bag, shooting, and going in the river. It's so like weird, you know? Because it's uh, yeah. I read this the theory online, and and I was like, did I miss something? I guess maybe I didn't. Just the fact that there's mannequins there and put two and two together, but it's so weird that he would do that <laughs> because I guess he's doing it because he's thinking that people are watching him. Yeah, that's why I picked up. Yeah, but yeah, what a what a what a crazy ritual. <laughs> Yeah. And so what's the what long? He... Go ahead, I go think, ahead, Malika. I think we're asking the same question. What is it? What's the long term plan here? <laughs> yeah. What's he yeah. going to do with the bodies? What's he going to? Is he going to like? It, does he have a plan to 
get uh, d- these hold are on. questions. Yes, <laughs> I have questions in my There's brain. There's so much to going on here because you know like, what I'm trying to say. <laughs> he's he's freezing these zombies. Does that just, mean that these are the like only zombies that are what? Just like he saw Blaine do with the meat cute. You can freeze. You can put them on ice, thaw them yeah. out, and they'll be fine. Yeah. So Did he see that though? Because we saw that. We saw him unthaw Julian. Yeah. We, I assume he did. Hmm, I don't know. Did he? Was there was there a zombie on like on a hook or something? Or wait, no, wait. Yeah. Huh. Anyway. Is he going to start a witness protection program for zombies? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. He's going to give them so, new lives and send them on their way? Uh, so I don't know what his plan is. Um I'm thinking maybe he doesn't have one at this point. That, that's yeah. my best guess. He's like, I don't want to murder these people, but I also have to make sure that they're not killing anybody. So, and I have I'm, to get uh, uh, what's his name, Stephen? Stephen, what's his face? Weber. Von de Clark. I have to get Von de Clark off my back. Yeah, <laughs> and Gilda and Rita or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, okay, well. <laughs> A lot of questions. I mean, I'm I'm also worried about, uh, you know, I watched the preview for next week and it looks like Blaine and Liv are going to be looking for Angus. I'm, I'm assuming they're they're kind of staking out in a car together. So what's going to happen when Blaine discovers that the guy that burned down his business uh, or caused it at least to collapse before, uh, before uh, Suzuki blew it up? Um, is responsible for uh, kidnapping his father because you know sometimes you're like you know he might he might be in the mindset of like yeah I want to torture him and kill him but um, that's my job that's not your job major <laughs> I don't know I was thinking that it would be resolved so quickly yeah I was expecting that to be later on down the line it was a great like final minute of uh of the episode because it just blows the show right open and and makes you think of all the different ways that this this show is gonna go pretty 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 crazy and this is only episode five <laughs> i know and we we still have to have like babanov just needs a clue like he need about live yeah. and then speaking of suzuki is that good you know how's that all gonna work out like i'm also interested in what's gonna happen there there's a lot Oh, yeah, and here we were. Uh, Clive was getting very suspicious about Liv, where, you know, she, at first, she had no idea about a case. And then the next time she sees her, oh, she knows specific details. And he was really, you know, but now, then he comes in and sees her doing research <laughs> on basketball. And, he's, and he realizes, oh, she's just learning enough to make me look bad you know she, <laughs> yeah she doesn't really know these things she just Liv is that invested it. into messing with clive <laughs> like, she does research and everything she he hand waves it away but you know they were just talking in this episode about um how the guy had a gambling problem and she said oh it's going to get messy or what have you like right in front of him and then then she comes in and starts you know talking betting and no 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 clue no clue there <laughs> Yeah. Oh, gosh, how about the fact that, you know, Clive 
has heard about Major talking about brains. He acknowledges it in this episode. He's got this brain from Suzuki in his freezer, and then Liv's like, I gotta eat first, and she keeps looking at looking the brain. Looking at the brain! <laughs> <laughs> like, girl, calm down, I know you're hungry. <laughs> you're probably getting hangry. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, and then, yeah, and he also now has a brain in his freezer. Is Liv gonna go over for dinner and, like, get absolutely hungry and just chow down in front of him? <laughs> I don't know. Let's uh, let's get into feedback. I'm sure more questions and comments will come up that way. Um, so uh, first off, I've got one from uh, Jen. Just came in, who uh, wrote quite a bit. Let me take a drink here. Oh my gosh, we can take this in shifts. <laughs> <laughs> Every other word. <laughs> Every ah, other oh, that, paragraph. No, I'm fine. I, I can read this. Okay. Hey, guys. I hope this makes it on time and that my previous email about zombieism didn't cause any more problems for y'all. I'm just glad to know I'm not the only one who's super confused. I really enjoyed all the scenes with Blaine this week. I wonder if he'll save his grandfather's brain for his dad if he ever comes back or if he'll feel guilty uh, for killing him now that his dad's missing and therefore his revenge plot can't be carried out. Yeah, maybe Gramps' brain's going to go in the freezer. Uh, Major and Liv are a bit oh, nauseating. Oh, that is bad. Yeah, like I didn't exactly. even realize it. That now it's for nothing. I know exactly. That was the whole scene. There it was like he's playing Brahms. He's just harvested harvested the brain, and uh, Don comes down and he's like, he's like, oh, your father got kidnapped. All our, uh, you know, our, our prayers have been answered. Turn this crap off. What are you listening to? <laughs> it's like, oh. Okay, continuing. Uh, really, Clive didn't notice Liv's longing look at the brain on the scale. <laughs> if Dale sends a piece of human brain to the FBI lab, does that mean Mulder and Scully will come investigate zombies? <laughs> That's a crossover I would enjoy, and I think that if a random piece of brain turned up at the lab, Mulder would, of course, just know that there must be zombies terrorizing the West Coast because he's Mulder. Uh, uh, exactly. Hey, you missed now- a part. Oh, I did? Major... Oh, Go ahead. Major and Liv are a bit nauseating, aren't they? But the whole opening scene is so so fun. I'll forgive them. <laughs> um, she continues. They're going full steam ahead with zombieism being due to a virus. So what exactly is the Max Rager connection into all this? This week, they just seemed to focus on the regular normal virus mode of transmission, and there was zero mention of Max Rager being involved with the possibility of giving Ma- Liv giving Major the virus. Max Rager is not a necessary vector for transmission since we've established that you can get it from a scratch from someone who's already infected without having any Max Rager in your system. I realize that we've gotten great villains from the association of Max Rager to the zombies and the heroes need something to fight against, but I'm still not sure exactly what they're doing with zombies and we didn't get any more info this week. I know, it's frustrating, isn't it? I know, science. <laughs> uh, and it just just keeps saying it's only episode five. It's, it, 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 everything will be clear eventually. What did Robbie get the sample that he's testing against the condoms? Or where did Robbie get that sample that he's testing against the condoms? Exactly. What fluid is he testing? Because I assume he would have to know the viral load of some pretty specific fluids for this experiment. Also, if the virus is that small, a regular old tabletop microscope is not going to... <laughs> All right. Listen, Jen. <laughs> it's eating sperm. Yeah. So it's- one thing, I don't want to know no, where he got care. a sample. <laughs> I'm either. assuming he just had live, you know, 
swab herself, like put it in her mouth or whatever. Or, so uh, there's more. So okay, does or, that yeah. mean that there there are different concentrations of virus in saliva than in semen or? I would assume there's fluid. no virus in the sli- saliva if she can kiss a major. Yeah. Uh, okay. Exactly I I don't know if we should be thinking about this this hard Or if it's all going to be Make complete sense eventually I don't know, we'll see And uh, yeah Let's not talk about how powerful the microscopes are Jen, come on (laughs) (laughs) She continues Isn't there also a possibility That due to having been cured of zombieism That Major and Blaine can't be reinfected That's what we're thinking this seems like a good question for Ravi's next experiment. Could the cure also act like a vaccination? What would happen if they introduced Major or Blaine's blood to a sample of Liv's blood or vice versa? Perhaps this show needs a science consultant. How do I apply for this position? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, you, you're hired, Jen, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and if you can't get the job for iZombie, you can, you can have the job for uh, iZombie podcast. So, <laughs> um. Never has the song Oh My Darling Clementine been so creepy as when Peyton is walking through her through, through office before she comes face to face with Stacy Boss. I wonder if Liv will realize that she's met him later on this season, as I'm sure that's not the last we've seen of him. Is Major keeping his abductees on ice so that he can stagger their dumps into the river or for something else? There was disconcerting development. Who does he decide to keep and who gets dumped? Why are there two rows of mannequins in the storage set? Shed, that seemed unnecessarily creepy. As always, excited to hear your thoughts on these big reveals that you have in the works for the show. Oh, yeah. We have some possible uh, surprises coming up ahead. As a matter of fact, uh, starting next week, uh, I believe, is going to be our first surprise if everything works out all right. So uh, stay tuned for that, dear listeners. Um, But uh, thank you, Jen, for uh, the letter. I think we did talk a bit about the why... He's doing it on ice and what, what the mannequins could possibly be about. Um, and uh, we'll see what you think of that. Um, what's next? You want to read uh, Franzi? Franzi! Uh, Franzi writes, Hi, I'm Robin and Stefan Guest. Let's say I watched the episode hypothetically. I feel, so, <laughs> I feel very sorry hmm? for Living Major. But I had so much fun watching Clive and Agent Bazio. They'd... Uh, make an awesome couple. And seriously, I need an iZombie cookbook. The food looks better each week. Bye, frenzy. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, on iZombieObsessed.com, I believe Kirsten has a link there that says uh, uh, zombie cookbook. But there's nothing in it yet. It's kind of like a tease. So I'm, I'm assuming that she's working on something or uh, will have something available. I don't know. Um, but yeah, we definitely need a cookbook. Um, oh, my God. Uh it was like the deep fried fritters a few weeks ago, or what? Or yeah, or those looked amazing. All right, um, I have a voicemail here from our other um, science consultant, our, uh, our our doctor friend, doctor, our, our own uh, Doc Brown. Um, <laughs> here is uh, Moira. Alrighty, my two cents on Max Wager. For the record, I find Liv and Major cute. I don't find it over the top, you know, sickeningly sweet cute. I just find them adorable. I find their alternatives to actual sexual relations quite amusing. And I think it's just really sweet. And, uh, oh, it was very playful when they ran into Clive and Dale uh, outdoors. Um, Because, yeah, I think Clive and Dale are adorable together, too. 
the Blaine storyline is fabulous. I, yeah, God, I just love the guy. True Confessions. Never saw David Anders in anything until this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I live under a rock. Anyway, he's <laughs> he's he's just great. I get I get now more and more why you guys love him so much. Um, and it was really kind of heartbreaking. He kills his own grandpa, and uh, then dad disappears. So whatever plot he had in terms of feeding dad grandpa's brain is now uh, a moot point, which makes it pretty heartbreaking that he kills his grandpa, right? Yeah, now I realize. And how about the reveal of um, Major putting all these zombies on ice? So yay, Major's not really a murderer, which is just amazing, because I did not see that coming, not even a little bit, and I think that's just awesome. I also think it's kind of creepy. You have a you know, freezer full of zombies. Um, and the guy they have playing Stacy Boss is, I think, going to be a lot of fun to watch. Already threatening paint, so we'll see where that goes. It's just neat seeing all these different threads, these different storylines weaving beautifully together, and I'm having a lot of fun seeing where this ride takes us. But once again, I don't care so much about the actual case of, of the week. Um... Other than uh, to what degree it affects Liv, meaning, you know, it's fun for me to watch Rose McIver interpret all these different brains, and I, that, that's just a joy to behold. But I don't really care that much about the case and figuring it out. Um, and I mean, parts of that kind of bored me, to be honest. So overall, I'm going to give this one um, a good solid, you know, eight and a half out of ten brains on the half shell. And until next time, bye for now. Okay, no way. She stole my rating system. I have that written down. <laughs> you don't really do ratings on this show, so... Uh, I always have one to... in my back pocket. Okay. <laughs> that's that's amazing. <laughs> um, I think that's it for email feedback. I think we have Facebook feedback, though. Um, bringing it up as quickly as I can. <sighs> but yeah... Uh, the story, the case of the week. If I didn't have to talk about it, if I was just watching the show, I would I would barely pay attention to it because yeah. it just doesn't really matter. It's that's not what's important. What's important is Liv and and Blaine and Major. Um, we don't care about the the case of the week. I feel like that way about Veronica Mars too, oftentimes, but even more so in this show. Because it matters less. Oh, man. Veronica Mars' cases are usually great. I, I don't know. Um, season one, yes. Season two, not so much. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 think, I think it's actually the reverse for this show. Because I think in the first season of this show, they really wanted to, like, you know, hammer home some the procedural aspects of this show. Um, and in this season, I think it's a lot more interlaced every week with the actual plot that everybody's really interested in. It just works a lot better together, I think, this season. Maybe it's something that they really, you know, before they started writing the scripts this season that they, you know, they talked about a lot extensively about making sure it all works together and perfectly. I don't know. (laughs) Um, I I do have Facebook open, finally, after uh, all that stalling. Uh, We do have just one comment here from Marissa. 
in DC. She says, another great episode. The introduction of Mr. Boss was chilling. I wasn't sure I could take the actor seriously as a bad guy after seeing him in the Ocean Eleven movies, but I am happy to be wrong. I hope Peyton stays safe through all this, although Peyton does seem to be the well-meaning sacrificial lamb in the storyline. Oh. See, it's not just me. It's Marissa too, guys. Come on. Yell at Marissa. You brainwashed her. You brainwashed her. Uh, she continues. Uh, while I figured out that he was going to what what yeah. While I figured out what he was going to do it before he lowered the pillow, I'm not quite sure why Blaine killed his Gramps. We all know that Blaine doesn't do anything without a reason. Was it a mercy killing since Gramps didn't have much quality of life left? Is Blaine planning to feed Gramps' brain to his father instead of the person Angus asked for? Yeah. I, I think it's the second thing. I mean, it might have been a bit of the first. Gramps didn't look like he had very good quality of life. He wasn't... He was probably hanging on by a thread. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, Major is not dumping bodies in the water. He's dumping them in a freezer instead. So what's in the body bags? And why the pretense of dumping them like that? Is Major freezing the bodies to reanimate them later, like Blaine did with his flunkies at the meat cute last year, since Major can't bear to kill anyone? Uh, yeah. Mannequins, I guess. Shrug? We'll find out later. That's what I say. Um, I keep waiting for Clive to put everything together about Liv. How she can't get any visions until after she eats and her having all these highly transient skills and interests from week to week. I feel like he's really close, but not quite there. On a side note, how cute were he and Dale this week with the takeout in the park? And how awkward was it on both sides when Major and Liv came up? Very awkward. Very awkward. Most of all, in this episode, I loved all the Liv Major stuff. I've been shipping them pretty hard since the beginning of the series, so to see them together and happy and Major being the best version of himself was fantastic. Of course, I knew that it couldn't last, so I figured the sex thing would be a no-go for them. Bless Ravi for taking on the challenge and checking it out for them. Guess we'll see where their relationship goes from here. Mostly I'm wondering what's going to happen when Liv finds out about what Major is really doing for Max Rager. Can't wait to see what they come up with next week. Thanks, Marissa. And um, speaking of next week, let me uh, read to you guys the description for Abra Cadaver. All right. (laughs) Uh, And Steph, you've been waiting People are like, one of these uh, shit my dad says writers coming along, well, this is your week. So you can finally see uh, what these new writers offer to the show. I'm sure it's going to be hilarious. Uh, Justin Halpern and Patrick Schumacher are going to be writing this one. It's also directed by uh, first-time iZombie director uh, Viet Nguyen. apologize for massacring your name. The description is... It's all an illusion. Liv consumes the brains of a death-obsessed illusionist who was murdered in cold blood during a magician's convention in Seattle. As Liv and Detective Babineau investigate the case, she uses her new skills to help narrow down the suspect pool. Meanwhile, Blaine gives Liv some interesting news, and Ravi makes a decision, but things don't end up going quite as planned. Lastly, Major continues to distance himself from Liv. What? (laughs) Yep. Continues? <laughs> Continues. Huh. That makes no sense. Mm-mm. And it's, I, I got I to mention, it, it's funny by now, usually I have a, a show description um, ready for the following week, you know, in my backlog, but they haven't released one yet or any sort of images. 
Um, so I'm almost assuming we're going to have Thanksgiving week off, but um, I guess we'll definitely know by next week. So stay tuned. And uh, yeah, we definitely will have to figure out what to do when we're going to record because we usually record on Thursdays, stuff. So if we they do mm-hmm. decide to air an episode Thanksgiving week. Uh, early or probably, late. I don't know. I could probably still do Thursday night. Yeah, I'm not sure if I will be able to though. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, whatever. That's uh, peeling back the curtain business. Malika, <laughs> thank you so yes. much for coming by. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Um, yeah, the Skype connection was a little tricky tonight. We ended up talking over each other a couple times, but um, yeah, sorry uh, about that. No, it's no problem. Uh, I, I'm just as guilty as you. It's Skype. It's Skype's fault. It, I mean, it works for like strip high low games, um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work very well for podcasting. So, um, awesome. Um, and you want to just plug where we can find you on the web? Uh, yeah, I um, I'm on a um, Terminator the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Actually, just Terminator podcast called What We Make. It's a ninja cast, and I'm a newbie because I haven't watched the series. And then I also write for ProjectFandom.com. Oh wow! Awesome. Check those out, people. And uh, anything else, Steph? I don't think so. I think that's about it. All right. Well, that did a trick for me. Good night. Bye. Just listen to the music. The iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it all you like as long as you link back to us. But please, do not change it or sell it or trade it for brains unless you're going to give us some. Our podcast logo is designed by Dee Sheehan. You can find her work at behance.net slash Deanna Sheehan. Thank you for listening to our show. Obligatory contact information in three, two, one, go. You can follow me on Twitter at Steph Smith. You can follow me as well at L. Robinero. If you like what we do, check out our other podcast about the Joss Whedon show, Angel, Redemption Cast. Find us at redemptioncast.blogspot.com. I also have a third podcast all about the Marvel Netflix television series. The Defenders Podcast. Find that at DefendersPod.com. Like us on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash iZombiePodcast. Join our Facebook discussion group, Facebook.com slash groups slash iZombiePodcast. You can find those links and more on our home on the web, iZombiePodcast.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Use those delicious cerebellums and make sure you leave it on the correct feed. We are the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. And we're out. Brand Appetit!